Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me today is another one of my very talented friends. He's come back to us to be our guest barkeep, and he's my very own little songbird. It's Dwayne. Say my name again. Say it again. Dwayne. Like it. Love it. <laughs> my little songbird. Um, so, um, Dwayne, I'm going to take you back in time. We're going to go all the way to the North Shore of Oahu. There was a young Native man named Joseph Kekuku. And Is he, he was related to Moana of Motoi? No. Uh, but he was attending the very prestigious Kamehameha um, School for Boys. And while only a high school student, he had a, a, a stroke of genius, um, which led to an instrument um, that would actually go on to change the American music landscape as a whole. The story goes, one day while walking down the railroad tracks, Kikuku picked up a railroad spike and he put it in his pocket, as one does. Um, and later, after returning back to his dormitory and just strumming his guitar, he was struck by inspiration, or maybe he was pricked by inspiration, or maybe it was just simply that spike in his pocket that he forgot about that poked his leg. Anyway, he proceeded to pull that said spike out of his pocket, and he did something kind of unusual. He decided to run it across the strings of the guitar as he strummed. This accidental and rather curious act would leave Kakeku, or lead Kakeku to modify his guitar, and after several rounds of refinement, he eventually introduced the world to the steel guitar, the instrument that is credited for changing the sound of modern music, which goes to prove you never know when inspiration might spike. And all this talk about music brings me to today's designated drinker. She definitely knows way more about music than I do. So let's just introduce her, shall we? She is Kelsey Ryan, the country singer-songwriter behind the album The Trigger. Welcome to the show, Kelsey. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for being here. So please tell me what inspires you. That if, 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 I'm assuming it's not a little railroad spike. So what is it that inspires you? A broken heart. What inspires heart. your music? A broken heart. That's all it is, a broken well, heart. Well, it, oftentimes it is a broken heart. Uh, for me, it's all about storytelling. Always, always, always. Uh, while a lot of the stories in country music are famously about pain and heartbreak, uh, they're always about real people in real life situations, uh, dealing with things, you know, without being overly flowery about it. It's... Um, it's really something that you can, the whole world can relate to in a really great way. So I grew up with my nose in a book uh, and then, you know, started to write my own words in books. And, and that's what really draws me to country music, especially since it surrounded me growing up. I grew up in Texas and Tennessee, um, listening to the greats like Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn and, you know, Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, who just knew how to tell a story. Uh, with just, you know, three chords and the truth is what we say. Oh, that's cool. I will say when I listen to your music, I, when you said uh, that you were of that genre, I was like, oh, yeah, and I don't know an awful lot about country music. So I, when I told Janice, who everyone knows Janice is our producer, she's coming on the show. I'm like, when you meet her, and we're all meeting across Zoom, of course, when you meet her and you hear her music, it doesn't necessarily match because you're such a young person, but then you hear your music. It's so soulful and feels like you feel like you're much older than you really are. 
are in the music. It's it's very lovely. I apologize. Oh, I apologize. I, I don't have this. Ex, I don't have this experience. Yes, I've met you yeah. now. I want to feel your music. Yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely. We can make that happen. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Right now. <laughs> oh, he's got demands. Are oh, you ready for demand? that? I don't know. I'm ready for it. My mama would tell me It ain't what ladies should do To drown out my sorrows And sing about it too But if whiskey can work for Hank Jr. and Merle Her voice is amazing. Is is it not? Her voice is. St- it, it is. It. She's got such a, a soulfulness to it, and an and an age to it that it, it, you don't expect when you look at her. Like you, the voice. You like close your eyes. You are definitely you know a much older woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I made that as a much older woman as a compliment. <laughs> I'm just tricking you all. I got a portrait of myself in the ad. It keeps getting older. <laughs> So um, tell us, what is that inspiration behind the music? I know you like writing is first and foremost, I, I'm assuming from our conversation is mm-hmm. first love. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But um, I'd say the inspiration behind most of my songs is, is deeply personal. Um, I think you can't tell real stories without allowing yourself to be vulnerable um, in them. So my first album um, actually called The Trigger, which includes the song Songs About Whiskey, um, is really very connected to a a pretty difficult time in my life um, when I left my ex-husband, who was not a very nice man. So um, a lot of the album deals with coming to terms with all of the bad things that had happened in that relationship and coming out of it and learning to be myself again as as an independent woman. Um, so it, it kind of spans the gamut from truly heartbreaking songs like Dwayne mentioned to absolute pure sass. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a lot, it was a lot of fun to make as my first full length record. Um, I learned a lot making it, but it was very derived by that one central goal. Um, so when you perform, um, and you know that these these this music is obviously from your soul. It's very authentic, um, which I think is beautiful. I think that's um, often missing through many genres of music, whether the authenticity and the and the that real space, which seems to make music become great. Um, 
when you perform it live, is that a harder, is that harder for you or do you go into another space? Do you become a performer? Um, it just seems like that would be such a raw, some of this music brings up those raw emotions because they, like you said, it's authentic. How do you deal with that like on a, on a stage? Well, um, there is an element of being on stage and performing and just feeling totally at home up there. But um, there's also the element of repetition. When you're promoting an album and you're playing, you're playing the songs over and over and over again. And, and over time, it begins to be easier to get them out without it overwhelming you emotionally. I will have to say that when I was recording them, uh, definitely the first take through was always a little bit needed a break after it for sure. A little emotional yeah. five after that first vocal take on songs like Bend Over Back, uh, The Trigger and I Lied are the saddest ones on the record. I'm sure. I'm sure. And so um, how, do you feel like you've grown? Does it feel like, was it therapeutic or? Oh, yes. Yes. I will never um, undersell the, the help of actual therapy, but this was definitely a huge part of getting all of these emotions out off my chest and, and into the world rather than having to have hard conversations with everyone I know. Um, they can listen to the music and they can kind of hear my story and get to know me a little bit better and know what I've been through. Um, so I've, I've actually found that very uh, comforting in a way, which is surprising because when I was putting it out there, it was, it was a little bit part of the terrifying part that sure. everyone would know. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 obviously um, going through such a, a tough situation. It's not the it's a bearing of the soul and showing a very vulnerable side of yourself. And and actually, um, it's almost a a reckon a recognizing uh, of of I want I don't mean to say failures in that you failed in this, but it was a road a place that you got yourself. That would be it's it's hard. I mean, many women mm -hmm. go through this. You and I spoke on a very personal level and uh, have a understanding maybe not as great but definitely have that understanding of what it means to be in that position and how difficult it is and it's something that you don't necessarily want to share with the world um, yeah. because it was it's not it's not all you know it wasn't uh wasn't the loveliest part but it, it but wasn't I all, would imagine sorry it wasn't all sunshine and roses and whiskey yeah. shots a little bit of whiskey shots but yeah, <laughs> but all things for a reason, right? You get to the other side. Maybe this was mm -hmm. a cleansing. Uh, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and maybe a cleansing for you in a space that uh, allowed something very beautiful to 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 blossom. And that was your music. Your music is very lovely. So thank you for well, sharing you. with us, though. And thank of you for course. sharing that part of yourself with us. So when did you start the whole music scene? When did it really start for you? Uh, gosh, I've been musical since I could talk, um, singing, and um, in any way, place, situation I can, but really um, kind of in a more professional sense, even though I've been scribbling in my notebooks and singing since I could remember, I only started really going out on a limb and, and trying to put out things publicly in the last few years. Um, so this album was released last September um, and I've been writing it. I've been writing it for a couple of years before that, um, getting all those songs on the page. Um, so it's a more recent endeavor to really go after it. But um, as I said, that last relationship um, really was not a place where I was 
able to flourish and yeah. leaving it has helped me help kind of let sure. me come into my own in that way. Again, all those, all, all the, all, all life's little lessons. I mean, they're, they're there if they are little, I mean, major too, but if they're, if you are able to learn from them, they, you can, those, those can become growing spaces. So again, thank you for sharing, uh, that life, that life with us. That's a, that's so where, what, what, what's next? So we, we've gotten through the bad relationship. It gave you the, <laughs> this amazing music. Uh, be thankful for what it brought to you. So where are you pulling inspiration from now? It's, it's still coming from very personal spaces. It's just not one catalyzing event at this point. I've got, um, I've got about 12 songs in my book. Um, that are derived. Do you have a song about how hard it is to sing with a mask on? <laughs> I don't. I don't have a song about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I could probably write something about that. No, I've got, a, I've got some good ones. I've got some funny ones. Um, I've also got some melodic slow ones again about, you know, one that specifically speaks to the, the difficulties of this year and how in, in a way we feel like we're just stuck in one place um, and not really knowing what to do and where the next bit of light is going to come from. And then, uh, so you just need to stay and, and try and stay afloat. Uh, that one's actually called float. So oh, nice. um, mm-hmm. that's kind so of what I- happens when you've had one too many cocktails too. <laughs> no, I just, I just wrote a song. I just wrote a song and it goes like this. It says, I told my dog to sit and he crapped all over the floor. We're having communication problems. I can't wear this mask no more. I told my dog to sit and he crapped all over my floor. (laughs) You're ready for country music. It's, you know, very real. I, I I don't know, Dwayne. I, I think maybe we um, keep your uh, day job. <laughs> oh, Although there's something again, there, I'm telling this you. This is coming from somebody who cannot carry a tune in a bucket and would not even attempt. I'd like to keep our listeners. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, speaking of floating, what do you think about making a cocktail? That's a great idea. <laughs> what do you think, Dwayne? Well, I got me some bourbon, <laughs> and I got me a couple of glasses. Mm-hmm. Gonna get them in some mint. We're gonna do some drink-making classes. <laughs> nice. And you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, let's do it. I, you know what? That's a keeper. I want to make some snow cones. You guys ready to make some snow cones? Let's yes. make some snow cones. Let me go get my ice. Get your eyes. Get your whiskey. These songs about whiskey <laughs> are stuck Ooh. in my brain. Right now the bottle is empty again. <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> Ready for this cocktail. So All right, what are we doing? We're making an elevated experience on my favorite, absolute favorite. Mint julep. Oh, there we go. Hey. The only way that you can elevate a mint julep is by changing slightly its presentation and adding some fermentation. Presentation and, fer- and uh, 
Carbonation, sorry. Presentation and carbonation will get you there. There, I, there might be a song in that there too. <laughs> Change your presentation and add them to carbonation. You're gonna get yourself some mint. You got, you ladies have mint? I have mint. I do. I need you to take four or five mint leaves and you're gonna, you can either press it or shake it. If you're gonna shake it, we're gonna put it into a uh, cocktail shaker. And if we're pressing it, we're gonna put it just into the bottom of our glass. I'm gonna shake it. I think we're all gonna have to shake because my glass is too little to muddle. And then let's add, wait, um, you have okay. ice in your glass already? Is that the same glass? Yeah, is that wrong? Uh, it's, it'll, get, be, it'll be difficult. Okay, I'll get in the I'm pressing. You're pressing? I love it. Okay. So here's what you're gonna do. Let's do one ounce bourbon. Now I say one ounce bourbon, but my hand's heavy. So you might see me pour two ounces of bourbon. Do I muddle before or after I get the whiskey? Are you muddling too? Okay, good. I can muddle. Everyone's pressing. Put it into your, if you put it in your tin or your glass, whatever you're gonna do, a separate glass, all right? Put your whiskey and your sugar and your mint into the place where you're pressing. Okay. And then you guys press. When you press, what you're trying to do is get that mint deliciousness into your, now you guys got me pressing. So how much sugar am I putting in this? One ounce of that, are you using simple syrup or sugar sugar? I'm using, I'm using simple. Let's put an ounce. Okay. All right, now, if you're shaking, I'm, sh I'm the only one that's shaking. I won't shake, shake it, I baby, press. shake it. I won't press. I want you okay. to fill your glass halfway with your crushed ice. Okay. Only halfway, you need enough space in there so that your liquid doesn't run over. Okay, you never want your liquid to runneth over. Yeah. The cup does not run up, runneth over here. And just add your minted, sweetened whiskey over your crushed ice. Nice. Now, do you guys still have any, any pretty mint? I do, I do. I'm there. That is beautiful. And your whiskey and everything's in there? Yeah, I want you to now, in there. I want you to fill your glass up with more crushed ice. Okay. You gotta make it look like a snow cone. All right, you've got your ice. Now you gotta float a little bit of, just enough bubbles to bring it up to you, the, the crest of your glass. Ooh. And then if you have more of that beautiful mint, you're gonna just add it right in. It's very pretty. See? Get a little more champagne. You don't get to see on the radio, but. I no, can show you, can you guys. on YouTube. Look at that. Look how pretty. Mm. So let me ask you this, Dwayne. Um, so do you, what kind of bubbles do you recommend? What's the best for this cocktail? If you have to say well, the best bubbles ever are always going to be champagne. Today I'm using uh, Prosecco. Um, mm -hmm. Still done with the champagne method, different grapes, but uh, still beautifully dry. Uh, and affordable. So when I make yes. cocktails, I love to use Prosecco. I grab a bottle of 
Uh, the Shinzano Prosecco. Very nice. Delicious, beautiful. Let's try our cocktails. What do we think? Oh, so good. Mm. So, um, Chelsea, do you usually put champagne in your uh, in your whiskey? No, I don't. This is a new experience for me. That's two separate I, drinking uh, occasions. I have a very um, go-to cocktail when it comes to whiskey. Which is? What is it? Put in glass. <laughs> so awesome. I'll share. I'll share a story with you. Are you guys familiar with? Uh, Jimmy Russell. Jimmy Russell is the master distiller and head of the uh, of, of Wild Turkey. Okay. And he tells a wonderful story about how to make the perfect mint julep. And it starts with waking up early in the morning and walking over the hills to go and collect the mint where it grows naturally and wild near the near the the limestone filtered uh, waters in Kentucky. And you have to get some ice. You have to purchase your ice. So there's no way to get this uh, lake ice anymore that was cut from the lakes. But if you can get reasonable facsimile of this clear cut ice, you get yourself a good six inch by six inch cut of clarified ice. And you, you get your, your fresh wild mint and get yourself some, some uh, Russell's Reserve 10 year bourbon is what he recommends. And he goes on to say that you, you get your, your glass and you fill that glass with ice, this, your, your metal julep cup with ice and fill it with this, this crushed ice until it frosts over. Frosts over and almost so slick you can barely pick it up without it dropping. And he talks about cleaning the mint leaves from this. You can't just strip it down. You gotta pick the leaves of mint off and you put, you put 10 to 12 mint leaves in your hand and he shows you how to smack it effectively and then rest those in the bottom of a glass and gently tamp it with uh, the muddler and a little bit of sugar. Then he says, once you have your ice cold uh, frosted glass and your mint bruised and, and in, in the sugar, he says what you want to do is push all that shit aside and pour yourself a Russell's Reserve Neat and enjoy that. <laughs> My kind of man. So he's on the same page with you. I got to visit that distillery uh, a couple of years ago. I got to do the whole bourbon trail. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Amazing, amazing stories on that bourbon trail, no matter where you end up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, but it's um the thing about me is it's tequila for me. It's a kind of the exact same way I drink tequila. Yes, we can do a, a fun tequila cocktail, and I do enjoy them. Don't get me wrong; I absolutely enjoy them. But really, on a the way I'm drinking it, just where I'm drinking it is, I really would prefer a really beautiful tequila on a on a on a bit of ice and maybe some water on the side because it just really appreciate. But, but of course you're not, you know, it's gotta be a certain level of tequila to enjoy it fully, but you know, so but this is delicious. So, mm-hmm. so uh, a little bit of housekeeping, Dwayne, where are they going to go to get this recipe? I don't know where they're going to get this recipe, but they should probably check 
the designated drinker dot show. Wait, what was that address? I need you to listen because it is the designated drinker dot show. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're gonna have tips, how to, and tricks on to make um, this cocktail plus all the other ones that have been all of the other episodes. Um, and then the other thing we're also going to make sure, and along with in our episode notes, we're going to make sure that you have a link out to um, Kelsey's beautiful music because everyone needs to go get that, get the album and listen to it and, and enjoy her music. Again, it's, I, you know, again, it's funny as we're drinking whiskey, talking country music, neither of what are my go-to places, but I really enjoy your music. I enjoy it for, for what it is and the stories that you tell, and it's just... Um, you know, it, it's it's funny to talk about like country music being so different, but the truth is, many country music artists, songwriters, write for all genres of music, and it's really interesting to hear what we know to be country music played in different genres, where you hear it take on different um, characteristics of different genres of music. The stories that are told, that story, that storytelling is so strong and comes through and really makes the music. Yep, just gotta write real people doing real things. It's where you can connect with everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think music is one of those things that does. In, in, in that sense, yeah. it's just like bartending. It's you're providing a service and making people happy. You are as amazing as I could ever hope to be. That's sweet. So what what's next? What do you what do you, I, I know COVID is keeping you from touring, um, but what what's next? What do you got? What do you what do you, you what are you looking or or are you are you doing any small like in local um, bars? Are you able to play anywhere? It's, it's starting to open up and be available. Uh, it probably will shut back down as it gets cold again. It's mostly outdoor opportunities. Um, I got to play at Camp North End back in August with a full band, and that was my first real gig since um, since February. Um, wow. So that was that was a big leap. Uh, Camp North End, uh, if you don't know, is a, is a mixed-use space in Charlotte, North Carolina, with all sorts of small businesses. Um, they have cocktail vendors, they have coffee shops, they have artists, they have all oh, sorts of things. It's all shipping containers and things, and they have a regular Friday music series. So I got to be a part of that in art in August. And then um, right now, just in talks with some uh, local bars and, and restaurants that are doing some live music. Mostly, though, all you see is just the solo guy with the guitar or gal with the guitar. Mm-hmm. out there these days and and doing three hours worth of cover songs which you know as fun as that is is not really the the direction I tend to go I really want to always be focused on my original music and songwriting and that kind of old school genre which really works best in the music venues um where people come to hear original music and you know I just god I hope they last through all of this craziness because there's such a heart of soul, heart and soul of our communities, these great local music venues that support local artists that are trying to get their original content out to the world. Um, They're just struggling. They've been closed since March and like no, almost no relief with the exception of community supported efforts. So um, it's hard. They got to, they've got to adapt food bring in bigger food food components when they were primarily entertainment it's a it's it's a it's such a challenge yeah a lot of them down here have just been just fully closed um some of them have been doing really creative um fundraisers though uh for example right now 
the neighborhood theater, which is a mile and a half from my house, is is in the process of doing an Instagram-based art auction where they got donated pieces of art. Uh, people did artworks on pieces of their stage. Oh, interesting. Uh, and then they were donated to an auction and then they're auctioning, auctioning them off on Instagram. And, and it, it seems to be really, really catching on. And they had all local artists just submit these artwork uh, pieces and they had over a hundred that they've been auctioning off for about a week now. Um, in our, in our neighborhood, they're doing um, uh, drive-in theaters. They brought back the drive-in theater and they're making it out of an area that really isn't a drive-in theater with a big, big blank wall and showing these uh, classic movies. I think it'd be a great way to, to hear music again. The, the creativity that's coming out of this, though, is it, like that. It is so amazing. I have, a, have another friend who purchased a FM uh, transmitter that oh. can connect to people's radios uh, and he can connect it to his sound system for playing a concert. So they're doing this weekend, they're going to go out in the middle of Lake Norman, which is the big lake near us. And they're going to play a show on a boat, broadcast it in the like local area for FM. Oh, so awesome. little boats can like gather around socially distant and tune their radios to the right station and listen to the live band play. I think that's how they're doing the sound in the um, in the makeshift movie theaters. Because yeah. obviously, these aren't spaces that have a little the little speaker that goes in your window anymore. It's all through um, an FM radio station that you just tune that's into. Amazing. That's great. That's um, it makes you feel good that there's at least some normalcy, and you're kind of getting to be able to commute or commute or to be a part of a community again um, that we're all desperate to be a part of. Absolutely, and I, I think the closest I've gotten to really playing and feeling connected to the people playing has just been the small times I've gotten a few people around my fire pit in my backyard and grabbed a guitar. So I'm, I'm desperate so, to go play some larger shows. So uh, Dwayne, you ready for a road trip? We can go down together and we can go sit at her fire pit while she just serenades us. <laughs> She's going to make me cry. If you could um, sing with anyone, Dead or alive, who would it be? All right, I, and remove <laughs> me from the list. Re- Dolly Parton. Remove me from consideration. I don't want to take any, steal anyone's thunder. So yeah, other than Dwayne, <laughs> Dolly Parton. Still Dolly one. Parton. Yeah, Dolly Parton number one. Um, Brandy Carlisle, second, who is very much alive and amazing. Um, well, Dolly's still breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Dolly's still breathing. <laughs> Please, she is my queen. So what would you sing with her? <laughs> but I was, oh God, Dolly. I, I think I, I think I could just die if I got to sing "I Will Always Love You" with Dolly Parton. Wow. I could just end my life at that point. I, I would. I have peaked. There's nowhere to go but down from there. You just so. I will tell you that um, we were in, we took the show to uh, Lake St. Louis on our way to NOLA, on our way to uh, Tales of the Cocktail. And we stop in in, in um, Bay St. Louis because Je- uh, Gina has a really good friend. And so we go and they have this really cool um, art store. But these two really in, in like innovative women living in this small town uh, started um, Dollywood. Dollywood. 
Dollywood, Dolly could, Dollywood, I can't remember now. And it's a festival all about Dolly Parton and it's on her birthday. You mean, you mean January 19th? Yeah, it's like Dolly could. Yeah, exactly. And they have it like, like she could, like she would do these, like she would do this stuff. It was like, it, it would as, or could with a, with, with a U, um, meaning that she would, she would do these things. She could do these things kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and, and that so, Dolly would with like an OU, O-U-L-D would make yes. sense that she's got Dolly Wood, her like. Yes. I, I, but it's a festival every year in January in Lake St. Louis, um, or Bay St. Louis, Lake St. Louis, Bay St. Louis. January and 19th, Dolly's birthday. Yes, I know it. Must be. And so they go every year and there's like people, impersonators come from everywhere around the world and, it's, and they kind of flood into this tiny little town. Um, and it's become a huge thing and there's, and, and I, they don't know if it's true or not, but they have, they have sightings of Dolly um, that they that oh they God. think there's, that she's come through and just at least checked it out. So there's yeah. a young lady that recently I don't know how recent it is because it's because YouTube, but uh, posted a what do you call it a cover of yeah. the Cardi B Megan song W A P. Oh yeah, that's a terrible song. Yes. <laughs> now. She does the cover, but she does it in the voices of Dolly Parton. Uh, I, I got to send you the link. She's just, it's like 12 voices. I mean, she's even got Julie Andrews in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think I've but, seen this video. But Celine Dion is that one of song, them. It, it, yeah, it's like 30 seconds just doing little segments of the song. And it, oh, is, the best, it is the best thing ever. So the, I just Googled it really quickly. It's Dolly should. So I was close. Oh, I would, could, should. Um, yeah. So uh, that is funny. That I guess that, that video, I haven't seen it, but I imagine if she can like channel all those types of that, that different music, it's, that's a talent in, unto itself. I feel like that's a, that's a statement, trying to tell Dolly what she should do. Yeah, I, I think it's Dolly, Dolly should come. Should. I think it's, it's oh, the idea that Dolly should come, like, because they started this whole festival yeah. in her name and Dolly should, I think is what it is. But they have, like, they have a drag show um, and for, Ooh. with, do, you know, Dolly impersonators. And it's, it's supposed to be a really good time. It's a little, you know, kind of cheeky, small town, but it's, it's supposed to be a really good, good time. So, but you have a, you have a, um, a day job too, though, huh? I do. I do. I actually am in the alcohol industry. Have been that. for many years. I am um, I am on the sales team for a craft brewery out of Virginia called Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. I've been with them for five years, and I've been in the craft beer industry for uh, nine. It'll be ten next year. Um, that's how numbers work. Nine, ten comes <laughs> after nine. Um, can you tell I've drank most a, of this cocktail? I think um, there's a song about that, and I think it's on Sesame <laughs> Street, and I think The Count, mate. So don't sing it, because I don't want you to get in trouble. No copyright. I mean, The on. Count's so hot right now. It's October. One. Anyway. Ah, 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 So, yeah, I, I've been in craft beer for a very long time, and before, before I was officially uh, on the payroll of breweries, I was working in the restaurant industry, um, working for places that specialized in beer and, and cocktails and wine and food. So I feel like I've been connected to that industry for years and years and Only years because now. the best people work in hospitality, period. I agree 100%. 100%. I have so many, many, many friends from that, uh, from hospitality industry and from the beer industry. 
it's it's absolutely wild. So and the I will say it's people, one of the hardest working industries. The and second best of, is marketing. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I don't know. I always say um, for in advertising, um, lobbyists keep us from being on the bottom of the barrel. Let's be honest, you know, because we're uh, definitely our love is for sale. <laughs> um, I would say that. But what I would say is the food and beverage industry is the, one of the hardest working industries and working really hard through COVID. Um, mm-hmm. We've had quite a few shows and we talk and we're talking you know, like uh, chef owned restaurants and it, all the restaurants and, and especially Gina, who's not here today. Um, but just talking about how pivoting, how to pivot and what they're doing to, to keep the doors open or try to try to still, I mean, the hospitality side of it is true. It's not just making a buck. Obviously it is because they're not in it for charity, right? It is a business. Um, but how everyone's just working so hard to be able to maintain jobs for people. Oh man, yeah, absolutely. I still have a lot of friends in that industry and they're just, you know, it, at least where I am in North Carolina, Many of them have been able to get back to work, but you know it's always a little bit stressful, um, given and that- on a limited basis too. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though they are, so when you go into the restaurants, be nice, wear your mask, obey the rules, understand and that there are new- magnificently. Yes, you and don't compl- And when tip. you see numbers on that menu that are starting to, to rise a little, it's because they have to. It's and because if you can't operating tip, on just stay home, it's okay. What's that? Mm-hmm. If you can't tip, it's okay to stay home. Exactly. 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 Yeah. It's it's part. It's part of the. It's part of the. It's, and and, and you're right. And in a lot of us, a lot of those people are are a lot of people in the U.S. are actually struggling themselves. They're not able to. They're not pulling their full paycheck, or you know, worried mm-hmm. about what the next thing that's coming. So you're right. If you can't tip, stay home. Yeah. If you can't tip, I mean, what people don't re- realize is when you don't tip. When you don't tip effectively, I'm not talking about six, seven, ten percent. I'm talking if you're yeah. not tipping effectively, your servers are paying for your meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your servers right. are paying for your meal. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I've been wondering is like in this new space, we're going here. We go on and on, uh, going down this rabbit hole. But uh, who's going to teach? the general public, the new rules of engagement. Like, you know, before all of this, we understood, like we, you all, you tip 20% to start, you know, I mean, some people struggle to get to that point, but you also know maybe some places you need a reservation, maybe sometimes places you can't get a reservation, but you're going to stand in line and wait. All of the things that you anticipate going in and, and the, the, the rules of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Now that yeah. we have, um, now that we have um, other things that we have to consider, we need to be able to make sure that we're telling people there, there are new new rules of engagement. And we I almost to want a decal to put on restaurant windows that say says on the window, twenty two percent expected. You know that might be a new T shirt. We're gonna put it out. Twenty two percent expected. And my history in the in the restaurant industry, like I am incapable of of tipping below 20%. Like it, it yes. feels like to me, if I'm giving you 20%, that's like a sign that <laughs> I know you did a shit job on purpose. You need, you need to try harder. <laughs> yeah. 20% <laughs> to the go cent. Below 20%. It's, it's my typical tipping is, is like way above that. And 20% to the cent before tax. Yeah. You screwed up. All right, Dwayne, it's time. In life, People that care about other people, hospitality, genuine people, we we empathize. We have to, in order to empathize, you have to identify, right? You have to recognize before you can project. You can't help someone if you don't have an understanding. 
part of that understanding is, 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 is looking inward. The kids today, I see they, they have a way of coping with this, a way of doing it internally. They, they come up with these spirit animals. I think it's something from watching this show Airbender or some kind, I don't know where it is. But if I say spirit animal, does that mean anything to you? Where you identify, these kids identify with some other beast that represents them. A so like your spirit animal could be like this. Butterfly. Uh, what's that? Yep. They could be a jaguar, it could be a butterfly, it could be a butterfly, whatever mantis. it is, whatever identifies. But I am not a child. You are not a child. But you're a hospitality professional. I yeah. wonder, in terms of ingredients, in terms of application of ingredients, what is your spirit ingredient that you can identify with? Okay, my spirit ingredient. Um, uh, my spirit ingredient. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on on point here and say is whiskey because I can blur, I can burn a little if you're not ready for me, but I leave you feeling warm and happy. She shut the door on that one. <laughs> All right. On that note, salute. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing your music and your thoughts and your life with us. You're a beautiful soul and a beautiful voice. And I can't wait to hear the rest of your music. Cheers to you both. This has been amazing. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. 